And I'm like, oh, I'll be a graphic designer because then I can like drink beer and screen print and like, you know, be cool and like listen to music while I'm working. And, you know, it's it's all kind of fun stuff. Hello and welcome to Did I Do That? It is a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes because it's all part of the process. And joining me today, a very special guest here in Vancouver, not Washington, British Columbia, uh, in Canada, no less. Uh, not that other one, you know, <laughs> to differentiate it uh, even further. He's a freelance illustrator. He's also a full-time librarian. And, and, as if he doesn't have enough books in his life, Mr. Book over here, uh, he's got a new book out called Pond Life that you can both get and enjoy from Perfectly Acceptable Press. And can I tell you, from doing both, it is more than perfectly acceptable. I would even dare say it is great. Wow. Um, it's Hiller Goodspeed. Hi, Hiller. Hey, hi. Well, I wanted to start us off, actually, with a question that is certainly on everyone's mind. What could possibly happen in the Spirit Halloween movie? Did you, first of all, hear about the Spirit Halloween movie? The Spirit Halloween movie. Um, <laughs> Making a movie out of the store, Spirit Halloween. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, this is news to me. Um, it's Tis the season for Spirit Halloweens. They are popping up all over the city, I've noticed. Is uh, it like an infomercial kind of thing? Or is it actually a full length? Like, is it straight to VHS? Or supposedly. Is it... Supposedly. Okay. It is a full length theatrically released movie um who's to say it might be warner brothers so they might just crumple it up into a ball and then throw it in the trash but let's hope that's not true although that would be fitting because that's sort of what spirit halloween does in like november of every year yeah i i you know i can't remember the last time i was in a spirit halloween but i've been in many and they're they're always kind of weird weird spaces with weird costumes and you know like weird walls that are not really walls that like you yeah know, very are, are, temporary walls <laughs> yeah and like like uh it's a weird weird like interdimensional space and the employees are often kind of they're they're working there but are they really what you are know? you gonna do fire me i know i'm going to get fired in a month so yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird place to be yeah, I definitely feel like there's going to be some sort of, um, like, it's not going to be a well-made movie. It might cost a lot of money, but right. very, very ephemeral, I'm imagining this film to be. Is is Do you think the, the store itself will be, like, part of the movie? Or is it just, like, in the spirit of Spirit Halloween? Well, and... it's like in Sex and the City, how, you know, really New York City is the fifth character. Right. Um, I think the Spirit Halloween store is the perhaps primary character you know take that sex in the city but what does spirit have to offer like they have uh reuse of spooky spaces that are otherwise abandoned that used to be rite aids or whatnot right targets uh, and uh, london drugs here, i guess yes yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> then they've got the the temporary walls the temporary employees the temporary uh third thing temporary bathrooms probably i'm imagining they're not paying to have the plumbing hooked back uh, up yeah likely not no so you know i feel like that's pretty spooky just off the bat yeah yeah i mean uh i can't even begin to imagine what you could fill an hour and a half with you know that has to do with spirit but uh <laughs> i i would i would pay to see it yeah. i would just just to see how much of a plane wreck it is i would <laughs> i would go to a theater and see that movie actually maybe that's the solution maybe it's like you know kind of genre shifting like as you're walking down the aisles it's like oh here's the you know plane crash survivor costumes right. so popular circa 2010 with lost yeah here's the vampire costumes 
because that's what they assumed the third season of Lost would be about. Right. Um, here's the polar bear costume. What are some other Lost costumes? <laughs> I, I have never in? seen Lost before. Oh, it's not very good. You shouldn't I, watch. You know what? I, I was around when everyone was watching it, and then it came close to the end, and everyone seemed this, the, like the overwhelming feeling I got was that, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. And it's, people are like, if you haven't seen it, don't even start. And I, I just never did. It's got Game of Thrones syndrome, to be okay. sure. Like, people love the beginning, and then it becomes more and more clear with time that nobody knows really what's going on or why anything is happening. That happens sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a part where they travel back to the 1970s for okay. half a season. That's cool. And I couldn't begin to tell you why that happens. <laughs> I, I'm into that. I, I like time travel. <laughs> it's the only time travel in the show, though, unfortunately. Did they go to space? Uh, oh, God, that's a missed opportunity. I can't believe Fast and the Furious beat Lost to space. Space is always, like, the, the final frontier in terms of, like, where can you take this show? I mean, you know, every, everything, if it gets to space and it's not, like, a space show... It's uh, it's uh, not good. Now you're getting me very worried about about Fast and the Furious because they've well, already gone to space and have they've got they, a tenth. I, yeah, again, oh, I'm, I'm way behind on that. You franchise, haven't so. seen F9. I I haven't seen F1. <gasps> I, I don't know if I've ever. I'm just. Uh, I like movies, but I I often have a hard time, you know, getting into like Die Hard and stuff yeah. like that. Like Aaron will often ask me. My partner Aaron will you know, want to sit down and watch, watch these movies. And I'm like, ah, I just don't really, you know, I'm not feeling it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cover the classics and then maybe, you know, I'll move on to the diehards and the Fast and the Furious. I would say probably Fast and the Furious is better than Die Hard. Don't email me. <laughs> um, because they're, it's about family and their friends and, you know, they, they look out for each other and then sometimes they go to space. That's true. I mean, I don't even know. I can't imagine how they would get to space. In a car. Okay. <laughs> the normal way you would. Yeah. You just well, drive in your car to the International Space Station and there you go. Yeah. And well, they, they have a special carport, you know. Right, of course. Of course. Yeah. The little garage door opener you get to press. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally a thing that happens. <laughs> Yeah, that's, they that's, drive uh, to the International Space Station. That's kind of wild. Were they? I mean, I can imagine what a space car looks like. like <laughs> Closer to regular car than you would expect. Okay. You would think that they would have done, say, more um, ceiling of the car? Yeah. No, that didn't really seem to be a concern. Was it still were. like a four-door kind of situation? Yeah, pretty much okay. four doors. Um, I don't believe it had tires. I think that was sort of their main deference to space. Okay. We oh, no road. So what do you need tires for? Do, do the tires maybe like you know turn upwards and go into the car like Back to the Future and uh, really? kind of like flies away? No, that that's also a missed opportunity. Although who knows? Maybe Robert Zemeckis has a patent on slide up tires. Uh, but no, these are just sealed over wheel wells with okay. just like you know the kind of metal that you have on the bottom of like a shop floor to yeah. stop oil from spilling. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, space, easier to, to drive around in than you would expect. Um, Hiller, you're, yeah. you're originally from Florida. I'm from Florida. What what drew you into design? Like, had you, I mean, I assume you've always been drawing. Yeah, so I, I've always drawn, you know, and, like, even in high school, I'd, like, make collages, and I would listen to, like, you know, music and, like, ska music, and I would, you know, make art, and I would sit at the kitchen table as a kid, and, like, middle school especially, and just draw as a means to entertain myself. And so I did a lot of that. And uh, 
graphic design, the crossover there kind of happened when I would, you know, there was this record store called Park Ave CDs and I would go there and they had posters and oh. they had local like screen printed uh, gig posters. Oh, shoot. And okay. so I would, you know, and they were, they were on sale for, you know, it was like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And I would look through the posters and they were just like really nice. And, you know, I, I bought a couple, I'm sure. And then I noted the name of the studio, Lure Design. And I actually went to their studio, which is only a few, you know, it was nearby. And, you know, I talked with them like in high school. And so I would just kind of, you know, it was a nice space to be in because it was a really cool design studio. And they were like really into music. And like, you know, they had like a screen printing setup and it was kind of like grungy, but it was it was cool. Wow. And so that kind of maybe sparked my interest in design itself. How old were you when you were visiting this? Space? Oh, I was I was probably seventeen or eighteen. I didn't go there all the time. You know, I, I went there a couple times, and I I, I think I, I printed a couple things there. Like I kind of they oh. were they were kind in the way that they maybe saw this like bright and bubbly you know high schooler, and you know I, I did go back there from time to time, like throughout college and whatnot. But uh, yeah, kind of something clicked, and I'm thinking about what I could do at college. And I always wanted to draw. And so I just reconciled that that desire with like, you know, what am I going to do for a job? And I'm like, oh, I'll be a graphic designer because then I can like drink beer and screen print and like, you know, be cool and like listen to music while I'm working. And, you know, it's it's all kind of fun stuff. So that's how I interpret it as like a, you know, high schooler. And then I went to uh, Flagler College in St. Augustine, which is the oldest city in America. That's that's beautiful. Um, so you're you're at Flagler. Like, what are you what are you studying? What are you like messing around with? So I got my degree in graphic design. So I was taking a lot of like design classes, like drawing one, drawing two, drawing three classes that kind of get you thinking about like visual spaces, um, art history. I had a minor in advertising. Oh, really? I I did, and so I you know there were. I took classes. I think for each minor, you only had to take, I don't know, six or seven classes. And so I, I did that. I wanted to get a minor in uh, illustration as well. I was just kind of collecting, like, I was trying to see what I could, like, get. Oh, so they actually had an illustration program, kind they, of. They did. So wow. I, I, I took illustration one, and it was, you know, this guy who had, you know, been an illustrator for a long time and had his idea of what an illustrator was. And it was, it was fun. It was kind of, uh, it was enlightening a way to kind of, you know take what I was interested in and, you know, focus it more on this idea that you're working for a client yeah. and you have to like the way you have to think about like concepts and ideas. And like, you know, it kind of, it got me thinking more about how that all works. And so that, I think that was maybe the only, like, I didn't, I don't think I actually got the the minor and illustration, but I was definitely interested in it because in the back of my head, you know, I just wanted to draw stuff. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was still, you know, designing websites and trying to, you know, figure out like CSS and all that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it'd be nice if I could just like, you know, paint and like draw and make stuff like that. Did you get to like do much freelance down there before you moved out to, to Portland? Or was that like pretty much a thing post Portland reset? I, I did quite a bit of freelance. So I, I had like in the, the photos I sent you, I, I, you know, made like a couple posters, like I had an illustration teacher or I had no, it was a graphic design two teacher who at the end of class came over and was like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm doing this project for the crocodile farm. They're doing this Elton John, like, you know, night. Can you draw like a crocodile Elton John, uh, you know, just playing the piano. And I'm like, this is the, she's like, I'll give you 30 bucks. And I'm like, uh, yeah, 
Sure. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And so I, I did it. This is one of, I think, two drawings I did. But I, you know, the only the only way I knew how to color stuff was to uh, live trace it and like color fill and uh, illustrator. And so, you know, it, it kind of that's like maybe that's the first thing that anyone ever gave me money for. Wow. Uh, and so and it was it was kind of fun. You know, it was like a like a little, you know, spot illustration. I think, you know, there was a like a five by seven like mailer that it went on. But it, and I was kind of proud to do it. Like it was it was like, oh, this this teacher, I don't know what she had seen me do. Like, you know, what in my assignments made her think like, oh, I'm going to ask this like kid to like do this drawing so I can use it in my like. <laughs> My actual other job, like, you know, I can, you know, make that work. But it was it was fun to work on. It's, it's really beautiful. To describe it, you've got crocodile at microphone in purple blazer with some little sparklies on the lapels. And, of course, top hat with feather in it. And cummerbund. Cummerbund, of the, course. Uh, yeah. It was it was fun to work on. You can kind of see, like, the line work is kind of, like, live Tracy. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't really know how to get around that. But I think at, at that point I was, like, not really sure how to work with, like, rasterized things so i just kind of like you know i i preferred the vector and i would just you know work in work in illustrator but but i mean it's got like the line work still has lots of character in it and i think that's something that like it feels like is is this like natural carryover into your current work yeah and it you know it still still kind of feels you know like my my drawing skills are they they exist but they're not like You know, like I well, actually in, you know, drawing one, there was a lot of like pushback from the instructor because oh. he's like, oh, this is very like, you know, I would draw this like wooden, like there, it'd be like a room with a wood floor and like wood grain. And I'd be like drawing the wood grain. Like he's like, this is, this is too much graphic design. Like I need more like gesture and more, you know, I was like, <laughs> You're I was, a graphic design major. <laughs> what well, does he want? Well, yeah, but this was in, you know drawing class so it was like you know no hard lines you're all you know shading and you're you're supposed to you know work with a pencil in a certain way the graphite stick and i would i would just draw like a very hard line and be like this is like you know this is what i'm seeing and i it was hard for me to think of like you know drawing in a way that's like you know it's all shading and like you know it's like a gray scale there's no blacks there's no whites it's all just kind of floating and meshing into itself I had a, a friend who would draw like cathedrals, like cathedral oh. scenes on like you know massive like maybe like four by three feet like pieces of paper. Jesus, and they would be they would take you know seventy two hours and you know of collective like drawing and and it, they were beautiful. But I could never really work like that. I was always you know trying to just draw the thing like in a way that was not not as you know delicate or elegant as he would have liked. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think you you found a way to make a, a living from drawing. I, I don't know. You know, I, yeah. I still like I mean, I guess it's, you know, you're learning the, the principles and ideas. It's it's more about what you're learning by doing that work than like the actual work itself. Yeah. And so maybe I, you know, I didn't learn a lot of the fundamentals of like, you know, like shading and, and that. But I, I think I've done OK. I would say so. Um, is there any other stuff in here that was from from this so era? So that so the first thing that poster this was actually one of the first things I was ever asked to do like at all like before I even like really began like design. This is in like 2007. Oh wow! My friend Zach was in the band uh, Clown Car Commute, <laughs> and so they were playing a the Future on Films in Space and the Strangers Family Band. They were all kind of like psychedelic cool uh, bands from Orlando. And I didn't even know Zach at the time, but uh, he got in touch with me and he was like, hey, I, I heard you 
do art or something. Can you make a poster for this show that like, you know, I've convinced these bands to come up on a, it was like a Wednesday or something. And so I, you know, I was into like Russian, you know, kind of Soviet era, like yeah. design. So I, I found this like free, you know, typeface that I used to, uh, you know, try to make it look cool. Uh, I had this old photograph of this explosion from like the, I don't know what's even going on there, but I, this was like my first, uh, like I'm trying to make a cool gig poster. So. It's, I mean, I, I love it. Like you're, you're really rocking that Soviet look. It's, I mean, it's like sepia tone. Like, yeah. And, and that's kind of like, I've always had this fascination with like older things. Like I, I work like where I work, the library, it's a special collection. So we have a lot of like, oh, like really old, like photos and maps and like, you know, like ephemera and, and old, you know, things that I just look through all the time. But I've always had this fascination with like that whole kind of like feeling of like old. There's things. something I I mean I uh, I'm I'm a big fan of special collections in libraries just generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know I I was I was drawing all kinds of things. People would ask me to make you know posters for their you know whatever, and I would like we had there were dance nights, there were coffee shop shows, and I would just like make these fun you know posters that you know were always kind of goofy. Um, and, you know, they would give me, you know, free admission to the show or, you know, give me a couple of drink tickets or, you know, I think maybe once or twice they gave me like 20 bucks. But uh, it was fun to be asked to do stuff and I was happy to do it. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, t- for someone else to give you an idea and they're like, hey, there's this uh, disco night and, you know, like, can you make a poster for it? And I would have to think of, like, you know what does a Halloween dance night look like? What does this like, you know, like different, different like parties and ideas. And it was the first time that I ever really had to, you know, I had a concept to give in to me and I had to think of a way to like bring it to life. So that was, it was good practice. I mean, that's the funnest kind of stuff though, where you just like, you have a very simple brief and you're just like, what is disco night? It was a great place to like make mistakes and just kind of like, you know, I, I used a lot of like, Again, a lot of illustrators, so it, it often looked kind of like funny, but I, uh, you know, I had a good time and I, I learned a lot about, you know, just like how to, how to turn a concept into a, you know, a poster that would, like, would get people to come. Did you ever have one that like felt like it went completely sideways on you? <sighs> Man, I, not, not that I can think of. I mean, I, I had some that were, I remember there was one Halloween party and I, I did the like giant, like marshmallow, like monster from Ghostbusters. Oh yes. The state of marshmallow, man. Yeah. And I, I had this weird way of working in Illustrator where I, I didn't really understand the color fill. So I would, I would use the pen tool and I would click anchors around the shapes and I would make that shape like a, you know, purple or whatever. And so I would color things by clicking like in the line work. And so it would it would take me hours to oh, to God. like it was it was a really like I, I didn't really I understood it in a way that I could do it and that's how I worked. And I never once thought like there's probably a way you can do this in like a, a few seconds. So I would just like I would spend a tremendous amount of time. You know, if there was like bubble text, I would you know have to click around like the all the points in the T and then oh, no. like, oh this is going to be you know like a a blue color and so. It was. Uh, Are these that, also like live Tracy things where it's just dumped five thousand nodes all over the thing? Yeah. Oh god. Also essentially, and so that was. I mean, the whole the whole oh. thing was kind of sideways in the in the sense that I was spending, you know, a long time coloring, and then I, I eventually moved to taking photographs of stuff. So I would I would draw something and I would take a photo of it, or I would. There was one time where I I hand drew a lot of text and I cut it all out 
And I had like four or five of my friends all out of frame kind of like place the text in the the frame with the poster and I would photograph it. And so I kind of, you know, I stepped away from Illustrator and like was working more with like a like a photography like kind of like direction, which worked better and was, I think, more successful. So you're doing music posters and stuff like that down in Florida and now you move up to the Pacific Northwest, to Portland. Yes, yeah. Uh, I had visited uh, Portland in 2009, and it seemed pretty cool. You know, just it always had a reputation as being a cool place. And so uh, I, I worked a couple of jobs in Orlando, and then in October, I'm like, I'm going to buy a one-way ticket to Portland and just see what happens. Just not knowing anything at all about No, I, I had like a backpack. I wow. didn't really even bring anything with me, and I... You know, I, I flew into Portland. I lived in Olympia, Washington for a month with my friends, uh, Jessica and Britta. They hosted me like, you know, they were very kind and just let me you know, crash on their couches. What did you end up doing design wise up here? So when I first moved here, I just started like getting in touch with people that I, I knew from like Twitter or like online. It was kind of it was kind of awkward from from my perspective now, like I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, but I, I mostly posted to Tumblr. Um, I met all these people in Portland, and I would just kind of like do things. Like I know that like Kate would, you know, have classes and would have you know events and things like that, which would be posted on a somewhat public forum. And I would, you know, check these websites and I'm like, oh, uh, Todd Carpenter is going to be speaking in Kate's class on Tuesday morning. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna show up. <laughs> Yeah. Not as a student, but just as like an observer and I'll sit in the back of the class and just like watch the like talk with Ted. And like I, I did that and you know, I walked in and like I, I hadn't met Kate maybe once or twice and Kate was like, Oh hey Hiller, how's it going? I'm like, Oh, good. I'll just sit back here. That happened a oh. few times. Like kind of this like really I was I was bold <laughs> in the way that I was just assuming I could I could just be included. Yeah. And so I did things like that as a way to like make myself feel like I was like, you know, participating in the design culture, even though I was just like taking a student space in the, you know, <laughs> that like whatever was going on. So it was inappropriate, but, uh, but it was very, very kind and was never like, Hey, uh, like you're not actually in this class. You can't like join us. Well, I mean, knowing, knowing some of the things that we're talking about, like a lot of them aren't really class things. They're just like, you know, they're for, they're for students more generally, but you that's know, true. I, like, and I think that was maybe that was the idea. It wasn't like a class thing. It was like a hey, like PSU, you know, design team. We're we're gonna if you want to come to yeah. do this thing, like show up at this place at you know four thirty. And I was like, I would love to do that. So I, I it was kind of an invitation. Maybe it was more for like you know the university, but I was just kind of <laughs> doing all kinds of things like that. And uh, eventually, I did get an internship. So I was working for free at uh, at Big Giant. A lot of like late nights, like was working there uh, on all kinds of stuff, and that was interesting. Like with I don't know, I haven't even checked in with them, but like Jason Bacon, he was the like the principal designer, and he was like he was there twenty four hours a day. He would oh, like God. Th- there were some days where I would get there, and he would be like, I've just been working. Like he was like a really hard worker, and uh, yeah, so I was there for couple months and then uh jason miranda so uh switchblade design these are all studios from like like late 2010 i worked with him for uh a month or so uh and that was in the there was a 
the building that Floating World used to be in. There's oh, yes. Like that the laundry building. Recently uh, departed Floating World. Yes. Yeah. They're in the mall now? They're in the mall. I, yeah. I, that's, it, it looks great. <laughs> like, I think that the space is, you know, it looks, it looks good. I mean, that's a, if we're going to turn a place cool, that's a good place to start because there's know, nothing else going on in that place now. The Lloyd Center, like, I, I'm fond of, like, the Lloyd Center. I used to, like, spend, like, not a ton of time, but I used to go there, like, often and yeah. just kind of, like, hang out. And, there's like, an ice skating rink, like, yeah, I, I do remember, like, I, I think there was, like, a Mexican place or something and, like, drinking, like, margaritas and, like, you I know. You don't think that's there so much anymore. Yeah, it was just, it was kind a of. Lot a lot of the food and beverage is uh, hurting, let's it was, say. It was a weird space, but I, I think that we should take back malls. I mean, if they're going to exist, we should just fill them with, like, the things we want. Turn Nordstrom's into a giant spirit Halloween. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, yeah, that would work, I think. Yeah. Anyway, so I was working with uh, Switchblade Design, and they were also, you know, very uh, kind in that they recognized that I was just this kind of, like, dopey, doe-eyed, you know, designer guy who, you know, thought that I could be a, you know, world-class designer, and I already was in my mind. So, uh, yeah, I, I worked there for a while, too. What what kind of work were you doing at these studios? Um, at Switchblade Design, I was working on this... Uh, the snowboard catalog. And I think that, so Jason Miranda had come to big giant and who was like, Hey, like, why don't you come work with me? Like I'll, I'll pay you. And I'm like, Oh, that'd be, that okay. sounds like an improvement. That would be nice. Yeah. Like I, you know, I hadn't at that point I was still kind of like, I had money saved up. So I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't hurting in that sense, but uh, I was like, Oh, that sounds great. I'll get paid for like, you know, drawing stuff. And so, like, and I think the idea was that I would work on all these like elements that would go into the skateboarding catalog. And so I, you know, like all the like little details and like drawings and things like that. Although that project did fall through, I think. And so, you know, I was just there to work on that. And then once that kind of like, you know, stopped, he was like, hey, like, you know, it's been fun, but like, we're going to have to part ways. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, it was, I mean, it was kind of like a conditional thing where, you know, yeah. it's like, well, we're, we have this project. We'd love to like, have you work on it. And I'm like, oh, OK, great. But, you know, once the project ends, it's like they can't continue to, you know. <laughs> and it was a small studio, too. It was just like, oh, like a two person yeah. studio. So it was I mean, it was not it was, a lot of growth, not a lot of growth, but it was they were very nice to me. And it was uh, it was a cool space. It was much like, you know, it was like a lure design studio kind of thing where it felt like, you know, it felt like a cool place to be in, like get a coffee and like, you know, go into work. And it was like, it felt very good to be there. I mean, that what more can you want from work? And also they pay you, which is, yeah. uh, again, it <laughs> really was, important it was, and good. Yeah, it was, it was novel to be paid for stuff. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good experience. So after there, where did you go? What was the next step? So then I worked in Switchblade Design from, I would say, like late January to like the end of February. And oh, actually, it's still so bleak. Outside. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was my first. You know, I had only arrived in you know in Portland in November, so like I had oh. rented a place from. So I was like, so you've gotten to see all the worst that Portland has to offer. Yeah, it was like weather. Yeah, and but I I kind of enjoyed it. Like one of the reasons I moved to Portland was because after living in Florida, like the heat and humidity and the yeah. sunshine, it's nice, but like. I kind of wanted like cold. I wanted rainy. I wanted to like drink hot coffee and like not like, you know, sweat and like be like, you know, so uncomfortable. So I, I moved to Portland to kind of like live in that like, you know, climate. And I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I still enjoy it. Um, so, yeah. So after Switchblade, like where where did you end up next? So 
my dad passed away like oh shit so in in january of 2011 my dad passed away and that was when i had just started at switchblade and i think i did a lot of like disassociating and i started like i had a really like tough time yeah and so i like once the switchblade thing ended i didn't really like pursue another like design thing i just kind of like like hung out and just tried to like you know like take it easy and yeah and i was by myself and so i mean it's so hard to be like actively on that train when you are like your head is somewhere else your head is in this traumatic like how do i cope with this yeah and again looking back like i i can understand like what was going on but at the time i was kind of like i mean i was okay but i was also like not okay yeah and it took me it took me like a year or two to kind of like figure out what I was going to do. And in that time, I, I worked for the security group at the Rose Garden. And so I would like, you know, okay. for basketball games and concerts and stuff. I would, you know, walk around parking lots and just make sure, you know, no one was breaking into cars. I would, <laughs> you're, you know, you're I just would, one of the people with the flashlight. Like, yeah, I would like I would check bags at the Rose Garden. I would like stand at like a entrance to a beer garden for 12 hours and, you know, in Hood River and like check IDs and like, it was, it was a very, like, it was an odd demanding job, but it was something that allowed me to just kind of like, you know, take it easy. It's like, Oh, can you walk around this like parking lot for four and a half hours? And then at like nine 45, come back here and like, you can sign out. And so I could just kind of walk around and like think about stuff and like, yeah, it was, it was nice to do that. And like, I, you know, it wasn't a great job, but uh, it was kind of something I could do that, you know, wasn't like demanding in like a like a mental way. Yeah. And I could I could see how that could be like, you know, exactly what you need at that moment, but also like very creatively refreshing. Like I know I've, I've talked about in the past, like there is this like sense of creative depletion sometimes you can get when yeah. you're working like on a big project or a bunch of different things all at once where you just like. I don't have any more juice in me. I don't know. Yeah. And for me, a way to restore that like juice is just to think, yeah. just to like take time and just like sit on a bench and like, you know, just like stare out into the sky and just like uh, take a lot of time to just, you know, move slowly and, you know, consider ideas and directions and do that. So that job was great for that. Yeah. And so, I mean, but that whole time I was still making art and posting it to my Tumblr because that's like what I actually wanted to do. And uh, did you like have any sense that that was going to be kind of like what what your future was was going to look like? At that not moment? really. I so I I just I knew I I wanted to to draw and work on stuff, and so I did that like you know for myself, and I would share it just as a way to so people could see it. So you know, it's like like I, I want you know people that that know me to see what I'm working on, and I just kind of continued to do that. And uh, I just did it for for years and it kind of like, you know, I got more like uh, invitations and like, you know, commissions to like do stuff and like, oh, hey, can you work on this poster? Can you do this logo? Like I have like a couple of my early like projects, which is, you know, from maybe earlier 2010. But, uh, you know, people would hear about me and, you know, I would get an email and they'd be like, hey, we have this like campaign, this Facebook campaign, like a. on the far right side at the top. Yeah. That's why I... So this, this water company got in touch with me and they're like, Hey, uh, can you make these like, you know, eight, can you make eight banners for our Facebook page? You know, that's, 
each one has a theme about like uh you know drinking water and like being active and and uh can we say the name of this water yeah cup? yeah it's evian the fancy water yeah evian yeah and oh so my god it's like one of my like early clients and you know i wow. still i didn't really know how to like how to quote stuff and how to like you know how to like go about the business stuff each one will take me you know uh two or three hours and like i you know i and i had to make eight of them yeah and so i you know they're like okay great sounds good uh and then you know the first two came out you know pretty quick and what i learned very uh uh fast is that when you're being paid for work it's very different from when you're just like doing it for fun and so it it became this thing where you know the first concepts came quickly but then it got really hard and it was like really demanding and i had started so i had been dating my partner aaron uh at that time only for a few months uh she helped a lot uh when it came to you know helping me like you know come up with ideas and concepts and kind of you know working through this like mental block because yeah. I, I didn't really have any ideas beyond the first two you know i thought it was you know it was fun and i you know i did it but then i was like i'm i'm kind of done with this it's like well i still need to make six more and so it, <laughs> wait had, so they really hadn't given you any structure for this other no than... it was i think i had to like float the concepts by them like and i you know i probably did like thumbnails and like did the things i was supposed to be doing and so i i forget exactly you know how the conversation went but i i remember it was just this guy who you know was working with evian and was like hey like and again i don't know where they saw my work like but they saw it somewhere they must have been on Tumblr or something. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that was the hot place to be in, like, 2012. Yeah, yeah. And so this was, like, yeah, like, like 2012. Uh, I, I made it through, but it was with Aaron's help because otherwise, you know, it was very... Yeah. And like, once I once I am done with, like, what I feel like I want to do, it's very hard to continue, especially if you're being paid. It's like, I, I don't want to be paid. I just don't want to do this anymore. Well, I mean, in, in fairness to you, though, like, that's kind of the hardest brief to get, like, the just, like... I don't know. Give us something. And That's true. <laughs> there's no I, real scope for. Yeah. And there, you know, in contrast, like when I worked with Google in 2018, I had to, I don't know if, if you saw them in that, in the commercial, but I had to you, make. Yeah. So the listeners know you did it. You did a commercial with Google for a pop-up in, in New York city. Yeah. <laughs> there was, there was one time I was the only time I've, I've ever been on camera. I was shooting a commercial Mm. in new york and it was uh i had to be at the studio at seven o'clock in the morning and it was weird because there was a director and i was i was talking about myself and my things and it was kind of supposed to be this natural like hey i'm hillard goodspeed this is what i make it was fine they were all very kind it was great but uh there was a lot of like can you do that again but maybe like more and they would <laughs> they would ask me to emote things that were really difficult for me they would be like oh can you say that but say it like it's christmas morning and like you're really like but they would they would say things like that and i i don't want to say i was close to breaking down or losing it but you know after you say one line you know eight times it really like the the naturalness of it is dead it's yeah long dead and <laughs> It just Millhouse saying Jiminy Jillikers over and over. Yeah, again. and it's like it, the stress of like having to say it, but better and more convincing, and it gets less convincing with every take. And so it was. <laughs> it didn't. The whole thing did not take very long. But by the end of it, I was like a bag of nerves. Like that was you know having to like t 
talk about myself in this way that was like very unnatural for me. Yeah. Well, it's so fascinating that direction has sort of become like the the job that everyone in media wants to do. I want to become a director when it's like, you know, anyone who I feel like has been in that position, that like acting position, like the direction that you get only makes you more self-conscious and you're more like, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of when, when I'm left to my own devices, I can usually figure it out and like present it in a way that's like, you know, good for most people. Yeah. But uh, for a commercial, you know, I'm not, I'm not really presenting like in like a visual format or an audio, you know, capacity. So it was, it was challenging, but it was enlightening. I, I guess I, I learned, you know, what being in a studio for, you know, an hour and a half feels like <laughs> when you're being filmed. It, it looked like there was a lot of daylight in that studio too. So it was very well probably lit. people walking by and yeah, there was all kinds of interference. It was nice. It was a studio. There were maybe like eight people there. There was a table with like bagels and cream cheese, and it felt very surreal to me because I I was only there for twenty four hours. I was there for one night. Oh God! It was and a, a lot of things happened, and it was actually really fun. Uh, I asked if my my partner Aaron could come with me, and they're like, "Oh uh, yeah, sure." So so we both got to go to New York, Damn. just for a Saturday night, and uh, it was kind of a Wait, whirlwind. They're, they're also paying to do a weekend shoot. What? Yeah, it was it was a Sunday morning, and it, yeah, I, I imagine they got there before I did, but I was there from like seven to nine. I All would right, say. but it was good on you, Goo. It was really, uh, it was it was something. <laughs> And you have it done. You've, yeah, you've accomplished it. Yeah, I, I did it, and uh, it was it was great. But uh, I don't know if I'll be in any more commercials. But I mean, <laughs> it's it's out there in the world. If you know, if you wanted to track it down and see see what it's like, they actually made it look quite nice. Oh, it's I lovely. Mean, like I, there's a lot of stuff going on in that space, and it was just a pop up. So I don't think it was even there for you know. More than a few months. Well, especially at the end where it, like, turns into a whole, like, you're in this environment that's, like, moving and, like, CGI, which totally threw me. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, so it wasn't CGI. So the, it was a, a physical set. And there, so it was actually, like, a giant. What? Uh, so by swinging on that swing, it triggered, like, these panels, which I had, like, also designed, I guess, or I had, you know, done artwork for but it was an actual that wasn't uh CGI. That wasn't CGI. That was a real thing they built. It was What the It was hell? incredible. Like I there were times where I would have a meeting at nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning and there would be a studio in Pittsburgh and they're like, Oh, where are the people that do this part? And these people down in Denton, Texas are doing this, and then we are here. and so I'd be meeting with like six people and it was all way beyond me and what I do, but I was it was nice to be a part of it. And, uh, but yeah, that was all physically, I don't even, I have no idea how it operated. I didn't really take a closer look at it. Do you know like how long it existed? Like what happened to it? I, I, it was a pop-up. So I imagine that, you know, it was there for maybe three or four months and then they probably disassembled it and maybe it's like lying in wait somewhere. I, I don't know (laughs) what happens to to stuff like this yeah, it's, but. it's next to the ark of the covenant uh, I, yeah I, I imagine yeah. yeah i actually i saw raiders of the lost ark in in theaters a couple weekends ago and it's like yeah that that vast warehouse it's <laughs> I, I imagine you wouldn't just throw something like that away but then again you know who knows it's saved forever in a matte painting where it yeah. really it will be you know truly preserved I, I like to think so until you know they make that fourth movie and there's a whole bad chase sequence and yes Oh boy, that movie. 
what a movie that was. Um, but I also did like uh, these index cards. I did like 45 oh, yeah. cards. And so they each one had like, you know, it had to deal with the Google devices and like using them in your home and like using this and that. And uh, they were kind of these like comics, like maybe four panel comics. And that was highly structured. So I would meet with like, you know, this team, like, you know, a couple times a week. And they'd be like, okay, here are the next four concepts. And they would talk me through it. And it was actually great to work. It was a lot of work, but it was really easy because yeah. they're like, okay, we need like a mom that's like frustrated because she has, you know, so much going on, but she's trying to grocery shop. And, you know, they would kind of like, they would paint the scenario and like tell me everything that's happening. And they're like, maybe you can have like a, you know, a panel where, you know, she has an idea and there's like a, like a light bulb over her head. And they would kind of uh, suggest like, you know, frame by frame, like what, what the drawing could be while still leaving like a room for artistic interpretation. Wow. So there were, there were times where I was like, Oh, I'm going to make a little like, you know, thumb puppet or I'm going to make like a little, like a, you know, something funny and silly that like, isn't exactly what they've you know talked about, but is going to fit within the like scope of the project. But you at least kind of know from that conversation, like what, what they're expecting and maybe where you can push and. Yeah. And it was, it was great. And at that point I had done quite a lot of work. So I was, I was more comfortable with like, you know, taking direction and like working with them. Yeah. But yeah, for the Evian project, they were like, I think they just kind of wanted to see what I could come up with. And like sometimes, yeah, you, you, the ideas, you know, fade away pretty quick. Yeah. And so it's after that point, it was really difficult for me to like continue coming up with additional concepts. Well, I I think, I mean, that's the other like kind of hard part about freelancing is that you, I mean, I think having Aaron there, was probably a big, big, I mean, it sounds like a huge help and still a huge help. Like, you know, but like if you're just on your own, like you kind of need to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, or you just, I mean, at least in my case, you just slowly drive yourself completely mad. And (laughs) the ideas get very weird and bad. Even still like, Often a scenario is that I've done something and I'm like, I need to color this and I have like a hard time with colors. I think I might be a little colorblind because like I, whenever, whenever I choose colors, like the first like iteration, it's always kind of like drab and like weirdly flat. And Aaron's like, no, you need like a strong red or you need like a, you know, I, I have a hard time like with color or I can that's so surprising to hear because we were talking before the record about like about your book and how how deliberate your color choices are and like how how like specific you went into like picking each one like so I I have found that it helps tremendously to have like you know your your spot colors or like to have a certain like color palette that you can work with yeah like pre-existing even if you know you're using you know these different spot colors and combining them and you know like making a crazy amount of colors but uh initially choosing the colors like if i'm going to do an illustration i want you know three colors sometimes it can be hard to find the right like the right hues and the right like contrast and sometimes it's you know it's again a little muddy so it it can be challenging but when you have you know like parameters that you've set up like it's it's much more easy to kind of figure things out. I mean, it's it's the it, it's kind of the same thing with with the Evian project. Like it's it's that constraint that you kind of need right as a structure to to give yourself something to like bounce around in. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at like you know all the colors and all the possibilities, and you know you've seen so many things that have beautiful colors, and you're trying to like figure out what's going to work, it can be overwhelming. And you know, I, 
if you're working, there have been times where I've tried to work with like eight colors and it just oh, falls God. apart. <laughs> but like, you know, if you only have four colors and you can, you know, and they're all kind of like in this family, it doesn't really matter how you mix them. Like they're going to feel like they all belong together. Yeah, that's that's magical. So you're doing you're doing all kinds of like professional freelancing stuff. You're doing has this is this post Canada move or is this kind of in the in the in between zone? This is an in between zone. I would say this is like again like 2012 or so. Yeah. And so like in this time like I was, you know, working at the security job like doing all these like random illustration projects. Oh, you're still doing the security job. I mean, the security job wasn't it wasn't like a full-time thing. It yeah. was like, you know, when a 15 when 20 a hours happens. a week. Yeah, it was like on the weekends or like you know, there's a, a Blazers game. Like, we need you to check bags for sandwiches and stuff. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't like demanding, um, and so I I didn't really have like that much to do outside of like you know drawing and working on stuff. Yeah, yeah. This was all uh, while I was still in Portland. Oh, I should turn off my phone. <laughs> That's a thing that I forgot to add to yeah, this digital list. It's on my little blue card, but I didn't bring those with me. It, my phone is always on silent. I don't know why it's not. I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm very much a fan of the great little switch that they put on the side that definitely always stays where you want it and yeah. doesn't ever break. Yeah. it's oh, good. It's good design. Um, what brought you up to Vancouver? What was the thing that finally lured you away? So I was like reconsidering my like trajectory and what I wanted to do. And at this point I, you know, I, I wasn't really sure. I knew I, I liked design like I love design and I loved drawing and illustrating but it it wasn't really it didn't seem to be working for a career and so I kind of like was at a loss of what to do and I think I was like 20 25 or 26 yeah it's like I'm, I'm gonna maybe consider something new and I thought about what I could possibly do and like what what I could do that I would enjoy yeah and it was very difficult and I'm like you know I love libraries like i i like being in libraries i like they're magical like something about like uh the library as a community space and like as a teenager i would go to the library all the time and like i had projects that i had to work on in high school in the library which i'm actually grateful for because this kind of like got me going to the library more often than i had been and uh i was always kind of drawn to them and i had a friend uh my friend hannah she got her mlis in florida she, she works in tallahassee still as an archivist but uh, I talked with her on the phone, and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, going to library school, like, as, like, a way to, you know, have a have a job that, like, I could stand to do, that, like, I wouldn't be, like, selling my soul or, like, you know, doing anything that would be, like, too difficult. Yeah, depleting the creative juices. Yeah, and I needed something that was, like, in contrast illustration work. I, and I kind of realized yeah. that, that, like, doing illustration full-time would be, like, fun maybe at first but also like draining in a way that like yeah i i might not have like i i knew from a start that i i didn't want to do that and so i applied to ubc the university of british columbia where i am staying are you staying there i'm uh, <laughs> uh yeah so um during the summer they turned their dorms into conference housing oh wow but where i am staying um, it's really more dorm energy because right. I would say the average age is 18. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of students up there at this. I, I think there are. Summer. Yeah. And the ones that are staying in the dorms are just, they love to yell, man. Oh man. I did not remember how much an 18 year old really loves just yelling all the time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no control over the volume of their voice. 
Yeah. Like dorm, unfrozen Austin Powers. Dorm life. I remember those years. <laughs> yeah, but I've I've gotten I've gotten to have a healthy dose of of UBC. And I've gotten to marvel at this magnificent library. On like the Vancouver campus, there's like, you know, maybe like ten libraries. Like there's like the main yeah, there's a lot like of the main stacks, ones. but there are like there's like the law library and yeah. there's like the Asian library and there's like many different like small specialty libraries. Yeah. There's like an indigenous studies library yeah, in yeah. the longhouse. Yeah, there's uh you kind of have a lot of very interesting like library facilities. Yeah. And so I went there and I uh got my MLIS and it was a way for me to move to Canada and I'm actually I'm grateful that I did that because I just became a Canadian citizen like a, like a month ago or so. Yay! But it was it was kind of like a long it was a long road that began with like coming up to Canada to go to school and then like well postgraduate work visa and then you get your like PR card. So it took a long time, but uh, I began that you know in 2013 when I moved here. Wow. But uh, yeah, it kind of uh, it was good to get out of Portland. Like I I really loved Portland. Like it was. It was a great place to be for like, you know, those years. Like I was there for about three years and uh, it was nice to have space to kind of like take time to like reflect on things and kind of like reorient my life and like kind of bring everything together with like the knowledge and understanding I had gained like after I graduated because, you know, high school and uh, college, I was kind of doing everything in this way that I thought I would, I had to do it or like I was supposed to do it. Like, you, oh, you, you. You don't miss class in high school. You go to all the classes. You don't like, you know, yeah, there's a, a guy in a uniform that will yell at you. Yeah. It's like you go to college. Like I have English like at like eight o'clock. I wake up and I eat breakfast at the dining hall and then I go to English class and then I like doing all these things that like, you know, I, I, I was a good kid. Like I was, I was doing all the things yeah. I was supposed to do. And then, you know, at a certain point it's like, oh, I have like autonomy and I'm, I'm not used to like making choices for myself and like figuring out what, what I can do to like be a, a real adult human. And so I, I think the, the Portland years were, were good for kind of figuring that out. It brought you here. That's, that's the magic part. Yeah. And I, I think like at the end of my time in Portland, I was like, you know, I love design. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to illustrate forever, but like maybe it would be fun to like do something that isn't like standing in like a, you know, parking garage, like at nighttime and when it's like 40 <laughs> degrees. And I'm oh, like, Oh God, I didn't think about that part of it. Yeah. It was oh. just like, you know, it was, there were days where I'm like, this is really just like, it's a job, but like, I, I can't do this forever. Like, I have to do something else. And like no. the idea, like I, at that point had been visiting Canada, like one weekend, like every, every month. Wow. And so like we used to take the Greyhound and the Bolt Bus. When the Bolt Bus first started, it was like $15 round trip. Crazy. So like, I would just, you know, oh get on the gosh. bus and like sit on the bus for, you know, eight hours and like listen to podcasts and like read and stuff. And uh, I got to know Vancouver, and it seems like a really nice place. And uh, I, you know, I thought I could start a new life there. So, and uh, I did, and it was a good move. Now, Hiller, where can people find your work if they wish to find it? So, my work, uh, Instagram, I would say, is probably the best place. That's just uh, at Hiller Goodspeed. I still post a Tumblr. Like, I feel like Tumblr is like a... Like you're, a you're one of the few remaining active It's like Tumblr's a low-stress situation where I feel like I like Instagram feels like it's this, uh, like you're posturing and you have to, like, it, it feels like if <laughs> You're something constantly about it, fighting against a tide that you are not in control of it on really, Instagram. It, something about it is, is, like, dark to me. Like, I, I don't know. But, like, yeah. Tumblr, Tumblr kind of feels like, Tumblr has its own issues, but it, it feels more like, hey, I, I can just, like, post this photo and be like, hey, look at this thing I did, like 
What do you think? Tumblr feels like it's less involved in the active practice of evil, say. Yeah, and so I, <laughs> and so I, I do, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll draw something that's, like, funny or whatever, and I'll post it there, but not Instagram. Um, I have a, a Twitter. It's not really, like, art stuff, just kind of, like, thoughts and ideas that I have. And I have a website, uh, hillergoodspeed.ca. <sighs> .ca. I, I recently bought the uh, Canadian domain because I was like, well, I'm in the process of becoming a Canadian, so I, I should probably... Although you can still go to .com, and it'll just transfer you over. Yeah, it's. I mean, nobody has a .us. No, is that a thing? I know that it is a thing. I know that <laughs> I actually like a, did own one at one point. There's like an insane amount of like domain names you can. You can oh, it's so use many. Um, someday I'll own a .horse. .horses are very expensive. Is there a .horse? Oh, there is a .horse. They're so expensive, though. They know what they have. I, I need to look into those, and maybe maybe I can have one of those so po- yeah possibly check out hillergoodspeed.horse sometime yeah in the future. yeah maybe maybe in the near future <laughs> dot pizza yeah uh dot horse dot pizza uh if that's not registered yet i'm gonna register for it right after this so yeah, yeah visit our website you, you dot horse dot pizza grab it sit on it and maybe it'll pay off in the future <laughs> uh i'm gonna wake up my ipad so i can see what the things are that i need to say uh oh there we go um, well, thank you so much, Hiller. Thank you for being here. Thank you for thank you for inviting me to your wonderful city. By which I mean, I came to your city. Yeah, <laughs> I to be here. Thank you for coming on the show, though. You're welcome. Um, and thank you to the listener. What if you like this show? Why not give it a subscribe, a subscription? Sometimes, as it's called, um, if you're you know speaking more fancily, I guess in the the method that you use to listen to podcasts. Um, there are a couple ways to do it, but you know, if you don't want to leave it a chance, if you want to, uh, you know, really make sure you get to the right place, visit our website. Did I do that? Dot design. It's brand spanking new. I spent just a, just a sickening amount of time, uh, fighting with Webflow to build it. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty good though. You can, uh, you can see some good, good images that go along with each and every episode hand selected uh you know for freshness and flavor and if you want those same images say and and uh stuff like that delivered to you uh let's say less and less frequently but uh perhaps on a platform that you already use you can follow the show on instagram and twitter from that same website as well um so i'm sean schumacher this is did i do that and as we always say at the close of every episode rutabaga Thank you. Bye. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. There have been a couple of years here where it's, you know, there are weeks where it's just like the air quality is like you're watching the, you know, the like index like website and it's like, oh, we probably shouldn't go outside today. <laughs> And, you know, your windows are closed and you're like, it's hot and you can still smell the smoke and it's really just terrible. What a normal climate. Yeah. yeah. Climate's, yeah. climate's in great shape. Yeah. Um, no problems on the Carfax report. That's for sure. <laughs> the climate facts. <laughs> Feel the space. It's a nice space. It I is. feel it. Some of it is soft. Some of it is 
kind of where tape was, and then they peeled it off. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know what maybe, that. Maybe is. the guitar is in tune. We can we can have a little interlude with uh Yeah. <laughs> some uh, <laughs> live theme theme song attempt. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to play the guitar, and I don't know what the things are that. What do they call it? Sheet we could, music? We could, we could figure it out. Something like that. 